This is Wow! What, what a week. What a week. Politics. Welcome to Wow What a Week hashtag Politics. Unlike others in the political arena, he won't use a sports team's win to announce his own news or further his agenda. We'd like to think we can also rely on him for some fair or even harsh commentary. Please give a wow welcome back to Botsang Mudimuwame Mwilwa. Botsang, welcome back. Uh, good morning, Tatong, uh, and good morning to the followers, subscribers, and viewers. Yes, sir. Yeah. I think let's start in the courts. There's a lot happening in the courts. Yeah, we live in courts. You remember I said South Africa is gone and run by courts. Ish, 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 ish. Which is not necessarily a good thing, right? It's actually a bad thing. It, it means there's non-adherence to the law mm. by both political office bearers and the citizens of this country. The fact that we spend time in court, it means somebody somewhere is breaking the law and not adhering to the prescribed rules and regulations. Yes, sir. What's happening with UNISA? Let's start there. Yo, uh, why do you start with a rough one? <laughs> and I'm very close <laughs> to that one, you know. Uh, uh, let, let, let me tell you... Uh, 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 Coincidentally, when I was at Winisa in, in this past week, yes, sir. Uh, for the Tabombeki school, you know, I've been busy with my exams and, 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 and all those things. I met one of the professors there that I cannot mention. Mm. Uh, he's a personal friend, but we had a very lengthy discussion. And I asked that question, despite what I read in the media and on court papers, because mm. I've been following the story. Mm. And to say, what is happening in India? What is the true story? But after hearing him and looking at the court papers and the outcome of the court, I understood the story is about the money fresh. It's not about the administration of Indonesia. I'm not disrespecting or undermining the report of the administrator that was appointed, you know, uh, uh, who's also an academic. But uh, if you look at that UNISA, a performance internationally on mm. the rating of universities yes, sir. Has, has improved, mm. you know, on, on the, you know, it's one of the best universities in the world, one of the top in distance learning, that's mm. one, and it has improved mm. in the last four or five years. Number two, the revenue, the current administration of UNISA in 2021, on record, the person who spoke to me said they, they had uh, about 5.7 billion, now it's 6 billion revenue reserves. In 2021, the current administration moved it from being six billion mm. to 15.8 billion. Jeez. That's the revenue that reserves that UNISA have, Jeez. and that's where the battle is. It is the battle of the 16 billion plus minus that UNISA have in their covers. And I asked, but what is it for? It's supposed to help students, bazaaris, and remember, UNISA also operates on a big budget because they operate from all over the world. Mm, mm. Uh, uh, even if the exams are written at embassies abroad or they've got foreign, they must still, it's, it's, it's dollar-based or foreign currency-based expenditure. But it's also running the university. The FUEL, you know, this guy was telling me that the budget for the FUEL in one financial year to run UNISA uh, vehicles mm. and purchase vehicles and, you know, the, the, the whole transportation, it's over $1.5 billion. Just the logistics. Just the logistics. And yep. you can see where the, the trouble is. Yeah. But, but the Minister of, of Higher Education, Dr. Bladen Zimande as well, I do not know why did he rush to court. Mm. If, if there was an investigation and a report compiled and the management of UNISA took the report on review, why rush to court to set aside the review or and implement your decision? What, what is the rush for? I, I was going to say because if, for instance you decide that, okay, we're going to put you guys under administration. 
and we are going to appeal that. Why yeah. are you still sending your person in anyway? Exactly. It, 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 it doesn't make sense. It, it doesn't make sense because they were supposed to await the review process to take its course. Absolutely. Then, then it will come with recommendations or agree with the investigative mm, mm, report. Mm. But I think he rushed and I think the court came out very harsh on them. What I'm liking about courts these days is to put the cost on the wrongdoers. Oh, yes. You understand? People you, you're, are you're wasting abusing. everyone's time. They're, they're wasting the court's time. They're mm. wasting the state resources mm. in, in rushing to courts of law in order to do their job. And, and you ask yourself, why would the Ministry of Higher Education or the Department of Higher Education fight with an institution? Is that they are supposed to be working harmoniously together mm. in order for the benefits of the students of UNISA? But I've also picked up that the professors or the teachers' unions mm are involved into this whole process, whereby those representing the professors and the academics at UNISA, they are also impacted by this process because it's their livelihood, it's their salaries, it's their career, it's their future. Mm. But, but it is not a nice thing that is happening at UNISA. And, and I think the court decision to can put the brakes on the Minister of, of Higher Education is the right decision. Absolutely. I think they must let the process, don't rush the process. Take time, I was listening to Professor Sunukwani uh, uh, yesterday, and, and uh, I mean, on, on I think it was on Wednesday, mm. when he was explaining on what are the challenges that they are faced with as academics and as their representative. And he was very clear to say, we want to cooperate with the minister, mm. but we want it to follow natural and legal processes, not yes. politicians involving. And fresh, we know, once politicians get involved, where there's billions and where there's academics, I don't mm. say uh, Dr. Nziman is not an academic, he's an academic himself, you know, he's well, well decorated. But once politicians get involved, those billions, they will disappear. We all know what will happen. Mm. And now I have an understanding that the battle for the soul of UNISA is the battle for money. It's not the battle that the UNISA is not doing well. How can UNISA be doing bad administratively mm. when their finances have become better than the national finances? Mm. They're doing better than the treasury of the government. And, and their main focus of business is academic record and performance, and they're performing well. And so the, where are they performing bad? And they're more than doubled... Uh, more than doubled their the, revenue. The, 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 the revenue. Exactly. Yo. The IEC at the Concord was happening there? Well, uh, trouble in the IEC. Just one week after the IEC said we are ready to go, we clapped hands for them, we're waiting for the president to pronounce the date. The DA... This problem with the IEC is about foreign votes. That's okay. the biggest problem. Okay. It goes back to what we spoke about. Why don't we have digital voting? Why can't they digitalize? Now, what is happening is, and I can talk with authority on this one, when, when I was stationed in every country that I was stationed, whether Germany, Brazil, or Rwanda, the South African mission abroad, whether it's an embassy consulate, or it becomes the voting station yes. on behalf of the IEC. Mm. And it has been like that. I don't know why is it a problem at the moment, but having listened to the uh, deputy commissioner of the IEC as well as the DA, the biggest challenge is diplomatic missions are normally in capital cities. Mm. Uh, when they have consular services, they are in the big cities. For example, uh, the, 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 the USA has an embassy, obviously, which is in Swanee, and then they will have consulates in Devon, Cape Town, and Joburg mm, because mm. of the commercialization and tourism and all that. Now, in countries that are vast big countries, for example, if you look at, at Brazil, mm. uh, the, the capital of Brazil is Brasilia, the embassy is in Brasilia, but Brazil is four times the size of South Africa. Mm. Now, if you have voters who are a flight, four-hour flight, 
to Fortaleza, which is a city in the north, you know, west of, of, of Brazil. Brazil. Yeah, uh, uh, to fly from Fortaleza to, to, to Brasilia to vote. It will deteriorate our flight, for mm. our flight. And, and they say those are the logistical problems because South Africans living abroad who are plus minus two million potential voters mm. are having a problem in going. So are they saying that logistically then South Africans abroad are disenfranchised? if they can't vote online. Because, uh, exactly, exactly. because not everyone can afford to travel four or five hours. And, and also, despite affording the affordability from the pocket, the inconvenience, the yes. time. And, you know, you go to vote. Voting takes one minute. Mm. You understand? You know mm. who you're going to vote for. But let me tell you that there are two challenges here. One is the DA. Mm. The Democratic Alliance has the biggest chunk since for the last elections, for all the years since 1994, mm. the biggest chunk of the now approximately 2 million potential voters abroad. Mm, yeah. Over 70%, if not 80, of those voters, they've been voting the DA. Mm. And so it's a, it's a, no surprises there. Yeah, well, no surprises there. All, all the guys who ran to Australia and they're still double passports, they, mm. they will vote the DA. So the DA is pushing this hard, has been saying to the IEC, get your house in order or we are going to the Concord. The Constitutional Court has a problem as well because the way the Electoral Act is crafted and drafted at the moment, as mm. it is now, mm. it does not accommodate that, uh, uh, you know, electronic voting. Because mm. if, if they accommodate it, if they do what they are intending to do, to allow those voters to go and vote electronically, just like we have an electronic registration system, they yes. say they may look into that. You know what does it say? It's unjust and unfair mm. for people in South Africa who will not be able to go and chew at the voting polls, even if they are there. Mm. There may be one reason or the other you may not be able to go there. We know transportation in rural areas. Sure. Even if the IEC, we know for all the years, they will make means mm. that the rural areas are covered. So that is the challenge that the IEC is faced with. Uh, I can tell you between now and the proclamation of the elections, if they go to court on an urgent application, I don't think it will see the light. Mm. If they want to amend the Electoral Act, I think it will be more amended through a court, forced by the court order, mm. than to go through Parliament. So they are caught up in a situation. I, I, what do you say to people who argue that, listen, if you're a South African who's traveled abroad on work, mm -hmm. so you're on work for a couple of months, a year or two, Yes, you should be allowed to vote. Yeah. But if you've immigrated and you've been gone for 10 years, why should you determine what happens to us when you are there? Fresh, what, what do you uh, say to those people? Fresh, one of the things that got me into trouble yeah. as a consular official abroad all the years yeah. was, why do I have to sit here, work overtime, and bloody accommodate people who have migrated, they left. who have, they left the country, they, they are in Australia, they are in Germany, they are in the UK, in the mm, US. Mm. As residents, they've got permanent residence permits. They live there. I'm and, not and, talking and, about and, South and, Africans. And, and half of them even speak dirty of the country. Uh, exactly. Actually, the reason they left and they received resident permits, in Australia, the main reason is because they felt unsafe in South Africa. Mm. They didn't want to be under the black government and things like that. Now we are sitting, I know, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, mm. but somebody left South Africa in 1996 when mm. the new constitution came into effect and went to settle down in Australia. The racist Australia that we spoke about last week yes. against the aborigines. Mm. That person has been living in Australia since 1996, but he still has the right to can vote and determine the government in South Africa. I think it's unjust. For people who, as you explained... If you're, yeah, if you're working. People who, for work, mm. diplomats, 
and people that are there temporarily, it is fully understandable why they should be given an opportunity to vote. But I am one of the people, and I've been very vocal about it, who are against people who acquired citizenship or residence of another country. Why should they determine how South Africans should live when they don't mm. want to live here? Mm. And I think now it has come to caught up with them. I, I complain about this 20 years back. Mm. It has come to caught up with, mm. with the IEC and the government to say, we created a monster. Mm. The monster is now biting us because we want to accommodate uh, uh, people who don't love this country, sure. who decided to leave because they don't have confidence in this country. Mm. Now we are sitting and facing a constitutional court case or a parliamentary process because of the people who left this country. Call it justice. What justice is there mm. when, when 62 million people are sitting in this country and some 2 million odd number are going to be part of the decision-making process to determine our livelihood? Mm. I don't think it's a just, it's a just process. Um, I think our final court's story, um, Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Aaron Muswaledi, why is he losing court cases he ought not to lose? I am so confused. Very close to my heart. One of my favorite ministers. But Same here. Who, who, is, who is winning? Which minister is winning court cases in South Africa? <laughs> which one? Which, which minister is winning? No, the the only thing they can do, yeah. I'm sitting on a court case with my own, not the minister, but we report to the minister. Yes. It, it is with, with Minister Motswaledi, let, let me put it this way fresh. I, I worked not for Home Affairs, I worked with Home Affairs for a number of years. When, when I served as a diplomat, one of my key uh, you know, uh, 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 roles was consular services, which is a Home Affairs function where they don't have a foreign representative. But in, in my most recent work in government, I served in the formation of the Border Management Authority mm. uh, uh, for the last seven years, you know, from the formation in 2013 to the launch. I can tell you this thing, I saw it coming long ago. Mm. And, and, and sadly, I'm shocked and surprised like you. How come did the minister lose this case? It's on technical grounds, not on facts, not on the merit of the case. Number one, you will recall that the Minister of Home Affairs, Dr. Motwaledi, only became the Minister of Home Affairs in 2019. And this amendment of the Immigration Act, and I think it's just a, a chapter, uh, I think it's Section 31 or 34B of the Immigration Act that is under dispute and to be amended. One, the court had ruled and given Home Affairs from 2016 uh, or 17 until 22 years to can adjust and, and, and amend or, you know, tweak that amendment to can suit the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the law enforcement. The reason Home Affairs, and this is what people should understand, the reason Home Affairs at that time in 2017, 18, 2018, mm. they did not implement that parliamentary or court order and parliamentary process is because we went on elections. Mm. Now, automatically when we go on elections, uh, uh, it, it defeats or it erases what was in the pipeline because the new executive comes into effect, oh, yes. new parliamentary members. Mm. They must go back and start. But what happened at times, they failed to do that, to adhere to the court order and time frames. That's why minister lost. But subsequent to that and moving fast forward, Minister Mutwale took over. And what has come out now from court proceedings and from his own mouth is, mm. one, his staff members, from top to bottom, from, and when I say top, I mean from the DG mm. to the lowest ranking person in that department. None of them, not even one, briefed Minister Mutsualedi 
about that process that was put on hold. Jeez. Then ask yourself why? Why not one? Mm. You understand? Not, not, didn't brief him. So he caught up in a way, he caught up with it, tried to implement it, got the state attorneys, sometimes we refer to them as thought state law advisors, mm. to can you know reactivate this matter. So what people should know is a parliamentary process or a bill to amend an act or a bill, it has two legs. One, it can be the executive one, where the minister takes this matter to parliament mm. and, and deposit it or place it in front of parliament, then the parliament decides. The other one, it could be a process where parliament creates a new law or because of the court order of whatever dispute is there mm. regarding this immigration act part. And, and in this instance, it, it was not an executive one. It was, a, it was supposed to, remember, follow the parliamentary process. Mm. It did not. This whole 400 MPs kept quiet until the minister decided, I'm not going to sit on something that's not moving. Mm. He brings the state attorneys, the state attorneys goes and appoint a senior councils with a cost of, according to Minister Mutualini's words, 222000 yeah. for this hearing. They lost the case with costs. So what, what, what has happened there is that the state attorneys, obviously, I assume they briefed. They were briefed by the department, mm. executives, the DG, the DDGs, and everybody, mm. lawmakers in the department. They briefed the attorneys. The attorneys will have to brief the senior counsel, the advocate, who can go and appear in front of the, the Supreme Court. The, 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 what do we call them? The senior advocates, senior counsels, they did not even have an, a basic document of an avidavit mm. signed by the executive authority, who is the minister to can, you know, depose the affidavit and argue based on the intercept. That's why the case was dismissed with costs. Oh, wow. But the court became very harsh. And look, I feel sorry for Minister Motualedi mm. and the DG. However, courts are very tired, as we said at the beginning. Courts are very tired of what is happening. They, they don't see it that the minister was not briefed by his team or by the councils. No, no, they are saying, you are here, you are ill-prepared, you disregarded an order, you, they are doing things wrong, Therefore, you'll pay from your pocket. So Minister Motualedi, the DG of Home Affairs, they have to pay the legal costs Jeez. from their own pockets. But remember the legal costs that I've mentioned of 222000 mm. It's only for the advocates. So there's attorney's fees, briefing fees, preparation mm. of documents. Mm. We may be talking a million rand that must come out of their pockets here. But the other nice thing that the court came around, and I'm very happy for that. I'm happy with this court decision. I'm not happy with how Home Affairs is being held hostage by incompetent people or people mm. who are failing mm. to brief their principal. But I'm happy the court had said the advocates who failed to brief the minister and prepare the documents properly, they must not be paid. Mm. And where they are paid, the department or the government must recoup their money. So they must not get a cent. The court order was very clear. They must not get a cent of the money they have incurred. Look, we are very tired as a nation to be spending millions of rents on legal fees. Yeah. By, by incompetent public servants mm. or by political office bearers, you know, whether it's ministers or DJ or what, who, who are refusing mm. and failing to adhere to the laws of the country. I'm not saying Minister Mutsualedi has failed to do that. I've mm. explained how he unfortunately finds himself in this situation. Uh, but I'm glad the court ruled that the lawyers must not be paid. Let somebody pay from their pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, I laughed uh, uh, on, on, on Wednesday night. People started a petition on, on Twitter to say, can we start donating to Minister Mutsualedi? Because he's actually losing a battle for fighting 
mm. for the nation of South Africa. But yeah, he said the heads are going to roll. Mm. He wants to. to go into the details. Yes. And, and I think it's betrayal. Mm. I, I, it's very worrisome. I, I, look, I've been in the public service for years, but I will also be very worried if I'm a political office bearer and I found that my cream de la creme or, or cream of the crop in the department, the DG, the DDGs, the legal advisors are not briefing me mm. of the happiness in my department. You know what? What it will do now? It will start making Dr. Mutualedi to start interfering with operational issues. And to, he shouldn't. You know, and he shouldn't. Mm. He shouldn't. Mm. Uh, but, but he shouldn't have to. He shouldn't have to. But mm. in this instance, uh, uh, we will see uh, Dr. Mutualedi going now to talk to junior staff members in the department because the principals who are supposed to do that and brief him are not doing their job. And mm. it's very worrisome for such an important government department. Yes, sir. Let's go to the Office of the Public Protector. Former Public Protector is now in Parliament, and we have a brand new Public Protector. Yes, uh, congratulations to Kolega Kaleka. I mm -hmm. hope I've pronounced it correctly. Uh, advocate uh, Kolega Kaleka, the Public Protector of the Republic of South Africa from the 1st of November. It started very well with the 1st of the month. Mm -hmm. You see, President Ramaphosa these days signs things very fast, doesn't keep things on the desk. <laughs> but uh, interestingly, a week ago, we discussed how the EFF mm -hmm appointed the former public protector advocate Buswem Kaman as a member of parliament. Now, now look at the coincidences. Mm. The, the country announces the success of, of advocate Mkweban. The EFF that is running a parallel government, I think mm. the EFF is running a parallel government more than the DA, the official opposition. Mm. They appoint the previous public protector to be a member of the parliament, then subsequently a member of the Judicial Committee of Parliament. Mm. The committee that does what? That impeached her. Mm -hmm. The committee that appoints judges. The committee that is going to oversee the public protector. The public protector's office. <laughs> so the previous public protector, Advocate Mkwevan, is going mm. to oversee on behalf of the EFF. Yes. Sitting next to Mr. Janji, the mm. chairperson of that committee who mm. got him fired, yeah. uh, in the same committee to oversee that advocate Kalega uh, 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 mm. is performing her duties correctly and as prescribed. Very interesting development. Is it a chess move? Is it a coincidence? Look, uh, I think it's not a coincidence. I think the EFF did a super chess move. Uh, uh, look, they are young, they are smart, they are educated. Mm. We know the noise they make in parliament. They've got the facts. Even sometimes we don't agree with their conduct. Mm. But, but I think it's a very, it's a grand chess move. It's checkmate. I call it checkmate in the judiciary. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, uh, we'll see how it unfolds. It's going to be a rough seven years for, 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 for the public protector. It's, mm -hmm. it's going to be seriously rough. But what, what I know personally of advocate Busuem Kwebani, she's a kind person. And, and people tend to underestimate kind people for being soft or weak. But she's a kind person. I don't think woman to woman, mm. I think they can still work better. I don't think she will go there with grudges. Uh, when, when, when she started, people tried to create a grudge with the uh, uh, predecessor, the predecessor yes. uh, 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 Professor Madonzela. But mm. they did not. You know, they had a lot of interviews together. They had their own different. We are human beings. We can always differ on how we handle things. Mm. But I think the two of them will handle this professionally. But let me tell you, it's going to be rough seven years for, for uh, the public protector. Um, let's stay in Parliament. Uh, Midterm budget speech, uh, Minister Kodongwani. Yeah, well, what are uh, your thoughts? He didn't have uh, much to play around with. The country is in red. We know financially. We yeah. just we just loaned billions 
you know, from, from, from the World Bank and, and, and the Monetary Fund. But look, it's austerity measures being put into place. Some mm. people are arguing that is it an austerity budget or austerity measures in government in general? I think it's just the austerity budget. Tighten your belt. I don't think the country or government is, is under austerity measures because if the country was going to go into a total government austerity measures, would be cutting heavy government spending, would have considered cutting parliament or not parliament, I mean the cabinet, mm. as we promised before, instead yes, we increased it. Mm. So I think is is the Minister of Finance, look, there was not much in that, but it's say, tighten your belt, South Africans. Uh, the revenue collection has been good, but first let me tell you something I learned uh, uh, this morning when I was coming to the studio. Do you know that we have almost 300 trillion that is owed to SARS? That SARS is supposed to collect, and majority of it is from businesses. Mm. 300 trillion rands mm. that is owed to SARS. Look, SARS has been doing very well. They've been doing their job very well. They've been collecting very well. They've been hitting the targets. Yes, mm. and yes. But but if we are sitting with 300 trillion, there, it could be having, helping the minister of of what do you call it of the treasury. But again, uh, uh, if government talks of austerity measures and savings and all that. If that money or the savings were generated towards social development, education, health, and, and electricity crisis, then I would support it. But if that money is going to disappear mm. into the hands of politicians, into the campaign of elections next year, then we're having a serious problem. A, a structural development, infrastructure development, those are things we should be looking at. But oh. also the cut. Mm. South Africa is one of the most unsafe places on earth. And you go and you cut the security budget. Mm. It doesn't make sense to me. Mm. It doesn't make sense. You, 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 we should show, focus on the fact that we must stop being a developing country. We must be, we must be an economy, a fully fledged economy, because we have the resources, we have the potential. The, 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 the only problem I see now with South Africa is that we are now loaning. And as, instead of reducing our spending, mm. we are loaning money to cover our deficit. And I don't think it's a good economic move. Uh, uh, we should be punching at our weight. We're, we're punching uh, uh, way uh, below uh, our weight. Exactly. Right when, mm. when you have, and it's simple economics, when mm. you have financial crisis in your life, and I know people will say a household is not equal to government. Yes, it's not. It can never be equal. But logic and economic sense says to me, if you've got financial strengths, and you look at the add-ons, things mm. that you can cut, things that you don't need. For example, uh, I, I'm going through financial constraints. I cut my wine consumption. Mm. You, know, so you look at things that you can minimize. The foreign traveling, flying business class. Cut the cabinet size. Mm. Fire, the, fire the deputy ministers. You know how many billions we'll save when we... What is the duty of a deputy minister who's mm. not deputizing? Mm. First of all, South Africans don't know that deputy ministers are not members of the executive. That's why when one minister travels, another minister from another department acts, not the deputy. So exactly. why are we keeping that position what's, what's ceremonial? The what's, what's the, the point, point of having yeah. them? And, 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 you know, all these big expenditures of government, I think they'll be forced to, to do that. Otherwise, we're getting more and more into, into red financial as a mm. We can't live on loans, guys. During President Mbeki's time, at some stage, you know, uh, and I don't know whether it was because of the work done from 94 to 1999, or whatever, but during that time, we managed to control our foreign debt and brought it almost to zero. And, and now we find ourselves loaning $563 billion from, from the World Bank and the IMF in order to survive as a country. And, uh, you know, as Musi Maimani, I don't mm. know what political party is leading now, uh, says, says uh, you know, he's a pastor. I like what he says. The nation is going to pay for the sins 
mm. of the politicians. And, and, and for, for, for one of the few occasions I agree with Musi Maimani, me and you, we're going to pay out of our pockets for wrong decisions that were made by politicians. Sure. Now, one of President Bill Clinton's lasting gifts to Africa was a Goa. Yes. Uh, an opportunity for Africa, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa, to do business uh, with America uh, duty-free. Uh, you know, it's, 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 it's afforded South African businesses and African businesses, you know, an opportunity to do billions of dollars in business. Yeah. Uh, the Agoa Summit literally just happened now in Johannesburg. Uh, some nations have been told you're not part of the club anymore. Sorry for you. Four of them. Yeah, like, yeah. sorry for you. You're naughty people. You're not, in, you're not allowed anymore. What are your thoughts on Agoa? Look, you, number one, I, I think it was an imperialist tool used by the Americans to continue imperialism and the grip on, on the African market. Mm. That, that was one. China was growing and becoming bigger and, and becoming the, the number one economy in the world and trade partner with Africa. And America had to come with a plan. And remember this uh, Agua plan or act, whatever, it's, it's, it's a plan that was signed off or rubber stamped by Congress in the USA. So mm. it's very important for the Americans. Yes, Africa benefited. And South Africa is one of the benefactors. We look at our products in, mm. in, 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 the, in the American market, our wines, even if they try to steal the robots, the BMW X3 that is, you know... We have uh, thousands of products uh, yeah, in the American market. You know, millions. Mm. We benefit it a lot. Mm. But my only problem with the Agua thing is America doesn't give it for economic performance only. Mm. They brought the in countries like now they are threatening one of the countries, four, that they've been named that you are being mm. shown the door is, is, is uh, Niger. Mm. And we all know why in Niger. America needs the, 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 the uranium from there and all that. But it's because of the position that Niger has taken mm. against the West, particularly against France. And the USA says, you are not going to chase our soldiers out of your, there. Mm. You are not going to fight with us the way you are doing with the French. If you do that, we'll chuck you out of, out of Agua. Mm. And actually, you must go now. Or let's get into an argument and promise that you will behave from now. Now I have a problem with that. You are talking about economic trade mm. between the two countries, or Africa and, and the USA. But when I misbehave in your terms, mm. what you call misbehavior, you want to throw me out. Uh, I'm telling you, if Niger put you know, a, a hard stance to the US, the US is more likely to lose mm. uh, the money they are spending. Because foreign aid is a problem on its own. The hand that feeds you controls you. Mm. Understand? So, America will lose. They, they, they need that uranium and whatever now for their nuclear weapons, their arms, their cell phones, and all that. If they don't, Russia and China are standing next door mm. and saying to Niger, we are ready to take over and to fund. But it's not only in Niger, it's also with our neighbor here, Lesotho. Mm. They are being threatened because they say the money they've been receiving as foreign aid through the war program. Uh, uh, they have not achieved the millennium plans that they said they will achieve. So they are oh, also yeah. being threatened. Mm. But Lesotho has come up to say, we want to you know, improve. We have a new government, which is less than two years old, and we want to do that. But it's a problem. Agua started in South Africa, coincidentally, in, on, on Thursday in Joburg, mm. and it will end tomorrow on Sunday. And, and let's see who will be the surviving one. Remember the argument 
it's up to 2025. Oh, it's, about it to it's about to expire. So yes. these guys must go and satisfy the big brother to say, don't take food out of our mouth. We will behave or will perform better. Uh, I don't think South Africa performed better. I think, of course, we've been having a stable economy, but a, a stable in a sense that there is regulations, there's rules and all that, but we have debts. So how do you measure the economy? It's all about trade and economy. So how do you say South Africa can stay when they're more in debt when Agua was supposed to help us to get out of debt. So it doesn't make economic sense. That's why I'm saying it's an imperialist control and hold to the African market. But I, I don't think the U.S. will come out harsh uh, because I know they are being held hostage at the moment by the fact that China is having the hawks, you know, claws looking at opportunities in Africa. So thanks to China, Americans cannot withdraw from here, but they can take their military and leave. Speaking of Lesotho and Agoa and governance, is there a crisis in Lesotho right now? What's, what's happening, sir? I, I, I think there's political crisis in Lesotho, yeah. and, and, and it's self-inflicted. But I actually call it uh, self-inflicted because it's based on the problems of coalition. Mm, mm. Uh, uh, and it's selfishness of former ministers in the previous uh, administration. Mm who were co-opted into or who went into coalition with uh, the Prime Minister's party, uh, Matekani. We would recall fresh, we covered the, the Matekani's victory mm -hmm. on this platform, you know, uh, less than two years ago, or a few months ago, actually. Uh, Lesotho's administration is not even two years old. Mm -hmm. And the Prime Minister, who is an astute business person, a multi, you know, millionaire, if not a billionaire, mm -hmm. who came into power with uh, 56 parliament uh, seats. There's, there's, there's 120 seats in mm -hmm. the Lesotho parliament. Mm -hmm. And you need 60 plus one, you mm -hmm. know, to can come. So he had 56. You can already see that he had big numbers. Mm -hmm. But what transpired there is some guys or former ministers from various political parties who constituted the previous government from other parties decided to side with him. So he actually went into power as a prime minister of Lesotho with 65 seats mm -hmm. of the 61 wanted. And, and nine of those seats, they actually came from the opposition parties. And now what has happened is the remaining people of the opposition parties, because those who left them, they were not given cabinet posts. You mm. see, he's a, he's a hardline stance person. He's a business person. Mm. He focused on the youth and he cut the cabinet size. He cut, he's fighting corruption and maladministration. He's putting Basotho first. Now, those who came to join him, they are not happy. Uh, because they never got cabinet positions. Ah. So they backtracked and they decided to betray him, if I may put it that way, or to betray the ruling party, to go back and form a coalition with the other parties. So they went for a, a motion of no confidence in the Prime Minister Matikani. Mm. And, and, and they even started pronouncing, as you know, recent as two weeks ago, to say who will be the minister of what, what, who will be the minister of what, what. So it's all about greed and power position. Uh, but a former professor at, at VETS, I think it's Professor Mahau, mm. who was a professor at VETS, has a political party which has seven seats. So when the betrayers or the traitors withdrew, uh, the prof came and donated his seven seats 
to 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 uh, the ruling party mm. to to the prime minister Matekani and and he became even more victorious than the national elections mm. now uh, the vote of no confidence was they, they was defeated with 67 seats oh, wow. when he had initially 65 mm. but the matter is in the constitutional court because the, the, there's an agreement between the two now that that uh, 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 professor Mahau uh, will become the deputy prime minister mm. when this whole circus ends and then all the other guys will be fired. But again, it's putting Lesotho into crisis yes, sir. Uh, because they are in a process of trying to convince the USA as we said earlier on, uh, their performance with Agua, they didn't achieve their millennium goals, they didn't achieve what they promised Agua. Mm. Now they are left with two years to can, you know, turn that around so that they must be extended come 2025. Yes, and now they are having domestic problems. So I think as South Africans, we should pay attention to what is happening in Lesotho because we may end up with a situation that once there's instability in the mountain kingdom of Lesotho, the influx of Basotho in South Africa and the challenges and us bailing them out, them going to Saku as a Saku member state or a Sadak member state. So it is very crucial for us to actually focus and zoom into the happenings in Lesotho. The stability there and, and the transformation of the government, because his, 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 his government is it's a coalition government, but it's mainly for transformation. Mm. And his slogan has been Basotho people first, not political office bearers, which is something that I like and, and I think thumbs up to the prime minister of Lesotho. Mm. And, and, and let's see how it goes. And let's hope that uh, they will not be thrown because it's one of the countries that were named by the U.S. to say you didn't perform mm. the way you promised. So once there's political you instability... Naughty, you naughty, naughty you naughty child. Sometimes, I sometimes feel like we're in a playground and the big kid who has all the money and all the toys uh, decides, ah, well, now you've been nice I'll, to me. I'll grab my ball. We'll play together. Yeah. Uh, well, now I'm not picking you because it's my ball. Sometimes it feels like a playground. It is. A, and, that, is. and that others are treated like children more than others are. Exactly. Like I said, South Africa has not been doing well economically. Yes, we are a stable country politically, mm. but no, no, we are, we are being left there. A tiny mountain kid like Lesotho, America wants to bulldoze it. No, man, they must leave Lesotho alone and deal with Russia and China and South Africa particularly. But yeah, let us pray for Lesotho and let us hope for political stability. Now they've joined South African bandwagon. Mm. Courts, courts, courts. You understand? We are running law democracy. Fair, and this is where democracy becomes a problem. Yeah. But next week when on our show, I want us to, to talk about the problem of democracy to Africa, as well as the so-called tires of government. The three, in South Africa, we are talking of three. Tiers of government, the yes. judicial, the one. Mm. I want us to talk about it, to, to demonstrate on that this democracy, which I call demon crazy, mm. it, it was not designed properly to can suit African states. Okay. And uh, But we'll talk about it, you know, next week in detail, uh, uh, since we have covered most of the things that we wanted to cover today. And that's the age-old um, age um, argument that sometimes you want to impose democracy on societies that might not need or want a democracy. Absolutely. Majority, actually, of the countries in the world where democracy was imposed of them, they were doing better before democracy, mm. which, is, which I, it's, it's imperialism in disguise. Mm. And, and now look at Libya. Look at what happened in Libya. It's a classical example of how democracy that was imposed on the Libyans has dismally failed that country. But but we should be wary of such. I don't have a problem with democracy if people prefer it in the majority, but it should not end up in voting only. 
Mm. We should make sure that it does not destabilize our cultural values. Our history must not just be wiped off because now we have to accommodate a, a, a democracy. I, I don't, I'm not in favor of that process. Absolutely. In closing, Butang, the Springboks are the world champions, rugby world champions, uh, fourth time, second time in a row. But you have a different take on the Bok victory and the euphoria thereof. Well, fresh as, as controversial as I would be, uh, yeah, co first, congratulations to the box. And me and you last week, we said they will only win if they don't let New Zealand to, 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 to lead. Yeah, as no, long as they're not chasing. As long uh, as they're yeah, not chasing. They were yes. not chasing and they became victorious with one point again. But look, this euphoria of the box, and, and this is a political platform. This is where we unbundle the politics. The, the, the South African nation has been tricked hmm. by the Borke Borke slogan and noise. Uh, number one, one, mm. you were giving no load shading two days before the final. Mm. And everybody was smooth, running and smiling and happy, no load shading. And then and, and they didn't even wait two more days after the game. Immediately after the game, you are back to load shading. As Julius Malema said, what kind of a country are we running mm. to go on load shading when metric exam starts? And when there was a rugby World Cup playing in France and people didn't go on load shading, I don't even want to go into the SABC saga not being televised and the, the rights of uh, uh, super sport. But some, some could argue that 8 p.m., uh, how many people are drawing power at 8 p.m. on a Saturday? Look, first, let's leave the load shading part. But yeah. I, I'm telling you, this euphoria, I'm not in favor of it. The, you know, the government has demonstrated over and over that load shading mm. is designed. It's sure. purposefully. There's a purpose. We can, even politicians like Julius says they will end load shedding in, in a week if they want to. Mm. Experts in energy have said load shedding can be ended in South Africa if the government was serious about it. We have seen it when there's a, 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 a sports event, international events, sauna, what, what. We don't have load shedding. So mm. it means we have the power and the control. Come with your scientific mind and say, yeah, but it's temporary. It's only for that time we can have reserves. So mm. if it's temporary, it means you can do it. That's my point. But looking at the Springboks, guys, uh, by the way, I must confess, I lost last week in sport. Manchester United lost, Kaiser Chiefs lost, Barcelona lost, and All Blacks lost because I was rooting for All Blacks. You understand? Know. Yeah, and, and, and proudly so. Mm. I am not going to buy into the, 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 the whole Springboks thing. I know it's sport. I must not politicize sports, but sports is politics. If you know the history of Springboks, mm. one, it has been a white, lily white sport that never transformed. Mm. That's one. I'm not going to buy into the face that it is now led by Sia Kolisi, a black brother. No, 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 no. That's not the issue. Look at the the population demographics mm. and look at the representation of people of color in the Springboks. That's not transformation. One, two, the level of transformation goes to an element of prime schools in mm. South Africa, because that's where the box are hunting. Yeah, those are the and feeder schools. Yes, the feeder school that feed the box. The mm. prime schools that normal South African black child can't even get into that school. One, because of affordability. Two, because of the grades. So it is not based. Obviously, when I'm sitting at King Edward's what, what, and it's a spring box, a feeder school, I'll have more better chance than somebody in Orlando West High. And that is reality that we must face. You know, we must not be afraid to talk about it. But let me give South African a little bit history of the Springboks background. The Springboks is part of the border bond creation. Mm. When the African the apartheid regime wanted 
to say to the world we are the best. The Africaners or the Boers in South Africa are the best, they are superior. They use the springbok actually. Uh, in, in the 60s or 70s, they went to an extent of the prime minister, Foster or whoever at that time, went to organize a game between the Springboks and New Zealand, coincidentally. Mm -hmm. Do you know what happened there? The Prime Minister of South Africa told the Prime Minister of New Zealand, New Zealand, the colony of England as well, to say, we are coming to play with you a friendly game, but we don't want any black person mm. in your squad. Mm. And that's racism. Imagine. They imagine, you know, they had to dictate to them, despite the world protest. They were funded by the Stellenbosch, they continue to be owned and funded by the standing board. So this whole euphoria, I cannot downplay politics into it to say the Springboks have been used by politicians, by white capital, to can assert white supremacy in South Africa. Mm. And, and it's reality, it is the truth. Look at how the Springboks, during transformation, even when Mandela was there uh, uh, holding the trophy, they are the only sporting coach in South Africa, fellow South Africans. Uh, 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 I don't know why the president in, in what we call it, the family meeting does not address this. The Springboks are the only sporting coach in South Africa that refused to change the colors, to change the emblem, and to transform. They literally refused. That's why they kept the Springbok emblem. They refused to adopt a national flower as an emblem. I don't have a problem with Springbok, the animal, but we have to tell the truth. We have to tell on how the rugby team of South Africa, which is a very good rugby team, I'm not questioning their performance and their winning, but we have to tell the truth on how it has been used historically to this day, and it's continued to be used as a tool to demonstrate white supremacy, mm. on how white people are superior to blacks in South Africa. I'm not putting politics into the play and the game. They play very well. I like them. You know, people were a little bit surprised when I was sitting there, and every time uh, people of color will hold the ball from any side, I will stand up and cheer and like, but you are racist. <laughs> I'm not racist. I love black people 100%. Mm. And loving our people 100% does not make me you know, racist. It simply says, I love black people, and there's no room mm. to love other people. And sure. that, that's not hate. Yeah, black consciousness is not saying you hate other people. No, 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 no. We, I cannot saying, hate. It's just saying you are so self-aware. Exactly. Mm. And, 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 and people must know the truth. If people are going to hate me and catch me now and criticize this show that I was not supporting the Springboks, I have a democratic right not to. Yeah. I wanted the All Blacks to win so that rugby in South Africa must transform from the boardroom mm. through the coaching line and to the number of players. You can't tell me that less than 10 million white people in South Africa produce best uh, players against almost 50 million South African who are people of color. How many how many Indian people are in the in the in the box? Mm. You want to tell me there's not one Indian person who can play rugby in this country. Mm. The so-called Indians, one, one, one in the whole rugby squad. Come on, guys, we have to be realistic. But anyway, congratulations to to the Spring Box. Uh, uh, on Thursday they were in Twani. You know, we there was all the halabaloo there, and 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 yeah. Uh, uh, they are world champions, but we have to go back to the history. We have to tell the truth. You know, uh, they say if you have a boil or or, or see, so you must open that up and take out mm. the 
this thing of us polishing things and putting makeup and sugarcoating things, it will catch up with us. Sure. It will. But uh, congratulations to the box. Uh, anyway, for me, it's political. If, if the, the African Dom and the Bruder Bond used sport as one of the tools to enshrine racism and white superiority, then we should dismantle that. And, and like we did in soccer. Mm. I would, like we did, in, if you look at the representation of soccer, Bafana, Bafana, and all that, you can see the population demographics representation. Somebody may say that's why they're performing so badly. But, but also, soccer was never exclusive like that. It was not. It so, was never. So, so even in the 80s, you still had white players that wanted to play. Yes. They were able to play. We have, we no, have the no, Gandhi no. United and many teams in the 70s and 80s that were so-called white teams, Acadia Shepherds and so forth. So it was never there. It was never used as a tool. Mm. But the two major inverted commerce sporting codes, rugby and cricket, we need to transform that. On that note, Botsang, thank you for your insights, as always. Thanks, my brother. Thanks to the viewers. Where do we find you online, sir? Uh, Botsangm at gmail.com. And you can also WhatsApp me on 082-485-9100. And on all uh, social media handles uh, at Botsangm. By the way, there's been a request. I've been following. I didn't answer. Mm -hmm. and, and, and those who have been looking to say, no, we are in the election era. You guys must start having guests and so forth so that we can... What did the person write? One of the followers said we decide can... Decide who to vote for. Yeah, no, no, no. They say so that we can expose them and we can trick them to come and tell the truth. Yeah. But I said to some of the people, look, some are calling me. We can look into that mm. uh, going in. But I didn't want this platform sure. to be common and normal political mm. platform like other media houses mm. whereby you have leaders of political parties coming to sit here and continue to use this platform to mislead like they're doing with other platforms. The people, our Truth is to educate, mm. to tell the truth, especially the uncomfortable truth. But it's more of public administration and government services than of politics. They are tricking the people. We are trying to help them on yes, the sir. politics platform. Thanks, Father Fresh. Ladies and gentlemen, hashtag politics with Botsang Muilwa. Wow, what a week from Amped Studios downtown Johannesburg. We're part of the Africa Podcast Network. Shout out to Pezulu Works for the cinematography. Trevor and his crew always representing. Otis the Flow Fraser for all of the imaging that you hear on the show. Our guest, Botsang Mudimwami Muilwa. Our creative producer, Kuvesh Mohan. And our show producer, Keleto Modisa King. Email us at waw at africapodcastnetwork.com. Till next week, have a great political week in spite of yourselves.